Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I'm able to notice that I have jumped to a conclusion and stop myself and get into curiosity rather than judgment, that's amazing. Yeah. I will develop my empathy. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is a wet and windy day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling leadership books, is now available on my website, johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. It's a perfect way to get 2024 off to a powerful start, so check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence, and my guest is Nadine Zainoun. She is an emotional intelligence coach who helps us understand why this quality is so important for leaders. Now, if you've ever wondered what all the hype is about emotional intelligence, you're going to love how Nadine breaks it down for us today. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nadine Zainun. Nadine is a certified executive, emotional intelligence, and team coach. She is also the host of the popular TV show and podcast, Shine Your Light. After more than 15 years of managerial experience in the corporate pharmaceutical sector, she began her work coaching and training leaders and teams. She helps leaders become more emotionally intelligent, meet their goals, and build highly engaged teams. I am excited to have her on the show to learn more how we can all harness emotional intelligence to be more effective as leaders. So Nadine, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thank you. It's great to be here. It is an honor to meet you. And I'm excited to talk about the subject of uh, emotional intelligence. I think it's really important for leaders. Uh, and you being the expert, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, excited to have you on the show. 
Thanks. Um, I'm really, really honored to be here, actually. And I'm excited to share whatever information I have to the leaders out there. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. So first of all, tell us about the work you do with leaders and teams. Tell us about your business. Okay. So um, I work with either the leader themselves, so a leader who leads a team, or with like the executive team. So it depends on what they're going through. So sometimes the leader is going through some difficulties in terms of connecting with their team, in terms of engaging their team, in, in terms of, you know, making people happy and at the same time performing well. So I work with them to help them develop their own emotional intelligence and conversational intelligence so that they can create that connection and keep people happy and know how to really uh, connect and inspire the people there so that people are engaged and they're performing at their best. And when I work with a team, it's more because the team is not really functioning at their best. So there are some, maybe some, uh, a little bit of tension between people. Uh, and this is interfering with the team performance. So I work with the team as a whole and we do a team coaching, uh, which is really very pleasant and very nice. But at the same time, it allows the team to know how to connect together on one uh, purpose and also know how to work together when conflict arises and when challenges are met. So it's really uh, very, uh, uh, for me, it's very motivational and rewarding when I do that. <laughs> yeah. And I would imagine just having someone with an outside perspective can help. Because um, sometimes teams, we we get in a funk, right? We're we yeah. we sort of can't see the forest through the trees, and and it's good to have a outside voice to help us sort of guide us and see maybe oh this you guys are really on the same team here you know you're on the same side of things you know you just have a different way of expressing it. And sometimes it's good to have an outside resource yeah. to help you work out those conflicts. And you know, John, I think the power of team coaching is because you know as a coach we don't really interfere with the system of what's going on, because it's not our job to lead things. It's their job to find the solution. However, what happens is, I think a main reason why teams get into conflict is because nobody surfaces the conflict. So yeah. it's there, people feel it, they feel the tension, it's impacting everyone. However, people are scared to bring it up. They're scared, you know, there's that elephant in the room and everyone pretends it's not there. So when, when the coach is there, it's very important to raise awareness about that elephant in the room and to discuss it openly and find a way that is, um, you know, it's a positive way of dealing with this situation where everyone understands each other and everyone is heard so that they can find the best solution uh, for the team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, you know, I take most of my experience, what I found is that when you have task conflict, in other words, when you're you know, you're, you're battling back and forth with ideas. That's actually a great thing. It shows a team that's really working together and they have trust and they're willing to be vulnerable. But it's it's the personality conflicts. That's where it's really troublesome. And that's when a team can get halted when they're uh, when it's less about uh, battling over the best ideas. It's more and it's and when it becomes personality driven, that's when the problems occur. And I think that's when you need really help to make sure that stuff is brought to the surface and it's not. Uh, yeah. To get, so yeah, that I totally that agree. Trust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. So what made you shift your focus to leadership development and team coaching <laughs> after working for years in the in the corporate pharmaceutical sector? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to make it as uh, 
as short as possible. <laughs> but yeah, actually, you know, um, when I left the pharmaceutical industry, it, it wasn't really, I was kind of like forced. It was like the logical way, thing to do. So it's not that I did it very openly and I took this step purposefully. No, I didn't, uh, to be honest. But I had my third child. And uh, at that time, I was still in Lebanon. So I was the brand manager for the Middle East. So I was managing 17 countries, a lot of traveling. So it was getting uh, difficult to have a work-life balance, you know, with ch three children at home. So I was, you know, going through this conflict. Should I leave? Should I not leave? And luckily, uh, you know, the company that I worked with, uh, they acquired another pharmaceutical company. And you know how it is when acquisitions happen. You know, yeah. people... There's turmoil. Are we going to have a job? Are we not going to have a job? So it was the best time. And they offered people, you know, packages if they wanted to leave. So it was the best time for me to actually take that step and leave. And that's how I did it. And I decided to stay home with my kids and, you know, be a good mom <laughs> if you want. So, so, and I tried that and I was really happy. But at the same time, I felt that there was something more that I needed to do. And that's where, you know, I started reflecting because I got time. You know, when you're busy yeah. at work, you don't get time to reflect and sit back and think of where are you heading and what are you doing? And I, I kind of, you know, this reflection led me to reconnect with a dream that I had when I was a young girl. Because, you know, I, I grew up in a civil war and there was a lot of problems, a lot of conflict around me. And I hated that. And it left a, a lot of, uh, if you want, like a mission inside me mm. that, you know, one day I always saw myself like one day I'm going to be someone who's going to bring people together and not uh, make people get into conflict. So I wanted to resolve conflicts. I wanted to create harmony. So I reconnected with that. And, uh, you know, I fell upon emotional intelligence and I started reading more and I got certified and I fell in love with the topic and I saw how much this, you know, emotional intelligence creates harmony in this world. And that's how, you know, I got into this journey of coaching. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And, and, and it's interesting because we have a lot of guests on here that are coaches and it's always interesting to hear the journey and it's all, and every, almost everyone gets to it, gets to it in a different way. But yeah. every every person that I've talked to has a passion for it, and they, you know, for whatever, however their career goes, it's boom. They they find them there. That's their north star. They really are passionate towards uh, doing what they're doing with respect to leadership development and coaching. So I was like, yeah. that's what you found. You found your true north as well. Yeah, exactly. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So emotional intelligence, this fun su subject. Um, so tell us a little bit about what it is and why it's so important for leaders. Okay. So simply said, you know, emotional intelligence is simply understanding your own emotions. So starting with you, it always starts with you, you know, understanding your own emotions, understanding how your emotions drive your behaviors, your decisions, because, you know, whether we admit it or not, always, always behind every decision, behind every behavior, there's an emotion underlying mm -hmm. We might not be aware of it, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. So emotional intelligence. So I help the leaders better understand what are the emotions that are driving these behaviors, these decisions. And because, you know, decisions and behaviors are, they're going to contribute to our success and to our relationships. So they're extremely important for a leader. So imagine I'm a leader and my emotion is driving me and I have no control of what's going on. 
surely this will not help me become a successful leader or the successful leader that I want to be. And, and that's why, especially nowadays, because nowadays, you know, change is very rapid. It's happening very rapid. And again, whether we admit it or not, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a situation where change is happening, our minds and our brains feel uncertainty. And uncertainty brings up, you know, unpleasant emotions that we don't really like and we don't want to cope with. And we try to ignore them. So what happens is that all these emotions, even if we ignore them, they're there and they're going to impact how we think, how we behave and what we decide to do. So really in this time, leaders need emotional intelligence if they really want to navigate the changes that are happening all around the world. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I've, you know, I've been leading for over 30 years and I would say the pace of change seems to be at an exponential rate. It keeps growing. And, um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and it used to be like, we would do one change project every year. You know, that would be, (laughs) that would be something we would do. Like we're going to put an ERP system in. All right. And we all, we all go do this thing for a year. We, and, and so we had like the uh, the John Cotter change model. We we all followed it, right? It was easy. Uh, yeah. But now you have ten projects going on, and you've exactly. got the economy, and you have COVID, and you have you know remote work, and it seems like it comes at us a lot faster. And so, wow. as to your point, the emotions as a leader, they're they it's hitting us all all the time, you know. And it's and it's it, and I'm and it's 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 more and more difficult, I think, uh, as the world is moving faster and faster. So I think you you do have to get a handle on this emotional side of the way we think and how that affects our decisions and how it affects how we treat others. I think, exactly. right, it's a big, exactly. and, big part. And don't forget that we have people with us. So as leaders, we're leading a team. We're leading, we're yeah. leading an organization. So like we have emotions, imagine, you know, how many people out there and how many emotions you are bombarded with every single day. So again, if you don't understand their emotions, if you cannot connect with them, you cannot really really uh, know how they're feeling and what's going on for them, you can't engage them. You can't inspire yeah. them. You can't create that deep relationship. And that's what's missing. That's what's missing these days. You know, people don't really connect. People yeah. don't really listen to each other. And, and that's the essence of emotional intelligence is being able to recognize that you're going through some difficult emotion and, you know, to be able to connect with you and listen to you truly so that I understand what's the battle you're going through yeah, and how yeah. can I support you? Mm-hmm. So that's the essence. And again, this is all emotional intelligence. It's empathy. It's connecting with other people's emotions. So um, if you've got a leader that has got a high emotional intelligence and has mm-hmm. really has, has really focused on developing that, what, what, is, what do they look like? How do they act? What, what, are, what, uh, what are they likely to do in their organization? What, what does it look like when, when someone has a high emotional intelligence? Now, first, first of all, the way they come off to people is that they're like calm, composed mm-hmm. people. So you don't feel like they panic or, you know, they lose control. So you always find like they are in control of things. This is mm-hmm. one of the things that you first observe. Second, you observe how well they connect with others. Because as we said, you know, the basic principle of emotional in- uh, intelligence is, you know, the social aspect of it because it impacts the way we deal with people. 
So these people usually have good relationships and it's not superficial relationships. And I'd like to highlight that because sometimes you are good at talking to people and, you know, having fun with people, but you don't really connect with them deeply. So that's not emotional intelligence. That's one part of it, but it's not the whole story because emotional intelligence is about really creating that trust, creating that in-depth, you know, relationship where I feel safe with you and I'm willing to be vulnerable in front of you. And that's key because that is what creates very good relationships and not only relationships, that's what creates inspiration. That's why you inspire me because, you know, I would want to do anything for you if I trust you. And, and this is what, this is the essence of conversational intelligence, by the way. So the way conversational intelligence and emotional intelligence link is that it's basically the use of the conversation. So the words and, you know, the nonverbal expressions, the use of that conversation to bring out uh, the emotion of trust in the other. So the conversational intelligence is all based on whether I connect with you and I'm able to create trust or not. And why do I want that as a leader? Because trust opens up people's prefrontal cortex, okay, which is the mm -hmm. area in the brain here behind your forehead. And so this is kind of like the CEO of our brain. And this is the wise part of our brain. So we can access our wisdom, we can access our creativity, our problem-solving abilities yeah. when our prefrontal cortex is activated. And it's activated under trust. Mm. So emotional intelligence allows me to connect with you so that you feel safe and you will be able to trust me as a leader. And that's when I can get the best out of you as a team member because you trust me. Why? Because there's oxytocin there in my you know, it's the hormone that is activated when there is trust. And the oxytocin allows me to be open, allows me to take risks, allows me to empathize, to connect, to want to try new things, uh, you know, to share information and ideas, uh, to play around with things. And that's what you need when you want creativity and innovation. You need that to be present among the team. It makes so much sense. And, and you know, just the way... I've seen people work is when there is high levels of trust, people are willing to be vulnerable, people are willing to take chances, they're willing to be creative. Here's the challenge, though, at least in my experience in 22 years in the corporate world is that, uh, let's see, how do I say this in the nicest way? There wasn't a lot of emotional <laughs> intelligence uh, in, in <laughs> At that time. managers <laughs> <laughs> that in my organization, it was always about the results. It was... Um, there was a severe lack of empathy, um, I would say, uh, in, in, in many senior managers. I was, I was at the vice president level and I saw a lot of vice presidents would, you know, they'd say, well, we want to save costs. Let's outsource the call centers. Let's outsource the production. Let's get rid of people. And, and it was just like little empathy as to the plight of others within the same organization, their own same organization. So yeah. the question I would have for you is, is this something that anyone can develop? They can and anyone develop emotional intelligence, uh, or is it set aside for those few uh, empathetic people that are out there? Oh, beautiful question. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you that it's like so easy to do that, especially yeah. empathy, because it takes yeah. time. However, if the decision is made that I want to do that, then you can, and that's the beautiful thing about emotional intelligence. So, unlike you know uh, intelligence per se, you know, IQ 
we reach a level where we're more or less, more or less, we're stagnant, more or less, okay? Although now we know that we can also grow that, but emotional intelligence is something that can grow with time, with practice, with maturity. And empathy, you chose the the most difficult part. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that empathy is not an easy uh, thing to develop. And you you know what? Sometimes I do understand the pressure that, you know, executives are under, you, you know, you mentioned the results, you know, remember, remember, there's like a board of directors uh, there, or maybe upper management, just bombarding the person, you know, you need to get the results, we need the results, you know, people out there are waiting, you know, so we want results, results, results. So the focus is on results. And there, you know, the leader is, he wants to satisfy upper management or the board of directors, but at the same time, he can't do it alone. He needs this team to function at their best. Yeah. And that's where the leader needs to juggle and, and it creates a lot of overwhelm. You see, this is where the, their emotions start. So that overwhelm, what happens is because they're not very emotionally self-aware, they don't notice that overwhelm that they're going through and the stress that they're going through and what they channel that into being harsh on people. Yeah. So yeah. even if someone is so empathetic in their life, when they're under this stress, they lose their empathy and they start, you know, bombarding people, with putting a lot of pressure on them, asking for too much, you know, hiring expectations and not really understanding people because they're scared. There's fear of not being able to get the results. Fear of failure is there and it's influencing their behaviors and they don't know. And then you know, suddenly people start hating them. They're alone. This even makes them hate themselves, maybe doubt themselves, whether they know. So there are a lot, all of these are emotions. You see how the emotions are taking the lead uh, for their behaviors. And this is what we call an emotion driven behavior. So it's not me deciding, it's my emotion deciding for me on how I should behave. And that's the worst because it's going to take me to a road that doesn't look like me, simply. It doesn't look like the leader themselves or who they want to be as leaders. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Service. 
services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. I think you're right. I think we, I think when when we're focused on the results and we don't have the patience or the the time, we don't think we have the time to really get people on board with what we're trying to do. Then we get into this, you know, like you said, we we direct, we're more directive and we're uh, uh, you know just get it done. I I don't have time for excuses. I need this tomorrow, you know, and yeah. so this. We, we were reacting emotionally to the pressures that we face. And so instead of motivating our team to be excited about working on something, they feel the pressure. And then the, then the team's, then the team's not motivated. They feel like they're just, you know, and it's sort of like we care about the results, but, but, but the way we approached it, we, we shut the entire organization down just out of exactly. fear and out of, um, you know, sometimes micromanagement, uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, just unrealistic expectations and, and, uh, and threats and, and what have you. That's, and at least I saw all that in my, my corporate days yeah. is the, it, the, the pressures created a lot of negative, uh, impact to the organization. Whereas, yeah, absolutely. whereas the people that you need to get all this stuff done you know, you need them to be positive and excited and, you know, and, 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 and motivated, highly motivated. Yeah. And so, so we, we do just the opposite and it's because of the emotional side of things. Yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not controlling the decisions ourselves. It's the emotion driving us and we're not aware. 
That's the problem. Yeah. We're not aware. So that's why the first step to developing <laughs> your emotional intelligence is you need to become aware that why am I behaving this way? This is not how I want to be. And, you know, reflecting. And that's what we do in coaching. You know, we give that executive a place where they can reflect. And by, you know, asking them what we call, you know, powerful questions, they're not like, you know, out of the world questions, but they're very strong, simple questions that make them reflect on what's going on. Mm. Why am I behaving this way? This is who I want to be. Why am I behaving in a way that's totally different from yeah. how I want to be or who I want to be? And that reflection is so powerful because it creates so much awareness. And then when you get that awareness, the, you know, the energy that comes with it drives mm. the change. And, and that's yeah. why it's, it's so amazing. You know, the results are so amazing. And I love what you said, how we create the fear in the organization unconsciously. Right. And fear is the opposite of trust. Remember how we yes. said that the trust, you know, creates the oxytocin and it opens up the prefrontal cortex? Well, fear is just the opposite. It creates cortisol in our mind and, and the cortisol shuts down the prefrontal cortex. So I don't have access to it anymore. And I only, you know, use my reptilian brain, which is here behind my neck, which is a survival mode. So I start, you know, working as if I'm in survival mode. So I just want to, you know, get by and survive. Will I do my best? Of course not. Will I think things through? No, of course not. I'm just going to do it so that, you know, nobody kills me and nobody throws me out of the right. company. That's it. Nothing. So there's no engagement, no motivation. All that is gone. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I have a friend of mine, he's been on the show before. He's a former college lacrosse coach. And he said that a lot of coaches at the end of a game will, will call timeout and bring his, their team in and say, you do this, you do this. And they, they try to micromanage the last few plays of the game. Uh-huh. And he said, he said, always create a lot of stress and it tightens up the players. And wow. like I, everybody was fearful. He said he would, he would do just the opposite. He would call timeout. He'd call his guys over and say, you know, like, Hey, you know, you, you guys know what to do. Have a good time. Enjoy it. This is, you know, wow. this, this is your, this is your time to shine, you know, enjoy these, these next. I love minutes. that. And it was more like to, re, to, to, to be more relaxed and, and, uh, in those final minutes, because like you said, fear changes how we act versus yeah. being, being positive and, and knowing that you have a coach that trusts you. I trust you. You, you've, you've shown me what you can do for, for an entire year. Why would I tell you what to do in the last minute of a game? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it does. And as you said, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to, you know, repeat something you said, which I really loved. Fear changes how we see things. Yes. Yeah. And what yeah. we do, it changes reality. We, in conversational intelligence, we say, you know, fear changes reality. Mm. So, and what do we mean by that? It means that the same thing can happen. The same thing. You can tell me the same thing in the same way. And if I am afraid of you, I'm going to misinterpret it and take it in a negative way. Whereas if I trust you, I'm going to create so many good reasons why you told me that. Mm. So imagine, so my interpretation of reality is totally different if I am in trust versus fear. Yeah, yeah. And this always amazes me. (laughs) Yeah, we tend to be... Yeah, I mean, if we build trust with with employees, then if even if we screw up, there's a little bit of forgiveness in there, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, I'm there's empathy. That. I understand yeah. why. 
Yeah. So we even, you know, I've noticed that if I build a strong relationship with an employee, even if I mess up, they are like, that's not John's normal behavior. You know, he's under stress. And, and then there's a little bit of forgiveness. Whereas if I'm always on them and I screw up, they're just like, well, there goes, there goes Rennie again, you know. Uh, yeah. Even yeah. if you do a good thing, they're yeah. going to yeah. misinterpret it because they're already afraid of you. And, you know, they're, they're, they're high on cortisol. So their yeah. their brain is filled with cortisol. So they're going to misinterpret or they're going to interpret it in a negative way versus right. Right. assuming the best when they are in trust. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's interesting. We we talked a little bit about this is that, um, you know, results. Everybody wants results. They want that we got to get performance. We got to get results. Um, if you are an emotionally intelligent leader, will you get better results? Will you see better results? Or is this just a touchy-feely, nice Beautiful thing to question. have. <laughs> Beautiful question, because that's what people think, you know, when we say emotions, you know, we yeah, go into yeah. this uh, touchy-feely thing. Of course not. Because, you know, if you're an emotionally intelligent, uh, you know, uh, leader, you're you're hard on the results, but you're mm -hmm. soft on the people. So you do want to achieve the results and you never accept, you know, excuses for not being... Uh, you know, up to the standard or up to the expectation. However, you are understanding. So when mm -hmm. somebody, like for example, and this, this happens a lot, I see people like somebody who's a high performer, you know, they go through difficult times. Everyone goes through difficult times, maybe personal issues that they have and, you know, their performance goes down. If I'm an emotionally intelligent leader, I would be curious what happened. Yeah. This person was performing, you know, here and now they're here. Instead of judging the here as a lazy, you know, someone who is disconnected, someone who's lazy, who doesn't disengage, who doesn't care, instead of me judging them, okay, I would say, okay, wait a second. This guy wasn't like this all the time. What's going on? He must be going through something difficult. Let me connect with them and see, you know, what's going on? Tell me, how can I support you? How can I? And just by the fact that you understood them, believe me their performance will go back up. Even if they're still in whatever personal difficulty they're going through or challenge they're going through, they would shape up because they felt that connection. They felt that you care. And this would motivate them and fill them with oxytocin so that they would be able to pick up and move ahead. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, write in my, I wrote in my first book about it, a leader I had that, I, I I was a young engineer and I failed. I'm at a major product failure in a test lab. And when I called him, I was young and I thought, well, I'll probably be fired for this. And I remember calling him and telling him that this this test failed. And he recognized what I was trying to do had never been done before. And so the yeah. likelihood of failure was very high. But yeah. but as a young engineer, I just expected that I I had to perform. It had to, yeah. you know, I had to deliver. <laughs> and I remember he said, you know, when I told him that we failed at the lab, he said, well, do you know what happened? And I said, at that point, I said, yeah, I know, I know why we failed. He said, can you fix it? And I said, yes. And he said, well, get back here. Let's get it redesigned. Let's get back to the lab. And I just remember thinking, you know, wow. just having a leader that had my back and was willing to uh, recognize that he had a high performer that that just had a failure, but it was a failure that, uh, normal people would have in a, in a high pressure situation like this. And despite the fact that we spent a lot of money and we, we didn't have any positive results from that test, he had my back. And it, like you said, that 
the the positive emotions that I had was like I'll I'll run through a wall for this guy, you know, yeah. because he he had my back when things went wrong. He was curious. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't like let's get rid of Rennie and get somebody else in here. You know, he was wow. willing to 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 give me a second shot at it. You know, I love that. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. This is what we're talking about. This is it. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I love it. And I love how he asked you. You see, he, he didn't blame you. He yeah. didn't yeah. judge you. Okay. On the contrary, he asked questions. So he was, and when you ask questions, you allow someone to gain access to their prefrontal cortex. So he said, you know, do you know where we're wrong? You know, do you know how to fix it? So he was, we call this like, you know, feed forward rather than feedback. Yeah. So I'm not giving you feedback. We're feeding forward. So we're looking forward ahead into what's going to work in the future and how can we make this better so very smart guy so very smart leader very emotionally intelligent leader i must say (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting because it's like nearly 30 years ago and and like you know and that's something that i always remember you know it's it's yeah you know and i think i i often say that we as as leaders we want to we want to be memorable to the people yeah everyone that that works for us in a, in a positive way, not in a negative way. And like, I remember, uh, I remember this guy, you know, 30 years later, just by the way he made me feel in that moment of when I was very vulnerable, when I did something, when I screwed up. And I think that's, that's a high emotional intelligence, you know, yeah. from someone that really knew, knew people. And, and I like what you talked about, the idea of curiosity. And, uh, you know, we don't have enough of that. <laughs> we, no. we tend to point fingers and 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 blame faster than we ask the questions. Why? What happened? What can we do about it? Type of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We always think that we have the answers. So, and that's part of how we are. You know how our brain is wired. You know, we always we don't like uncertainty, so we want to find. Our brain wants to find the answer, mm. and it's easier for our brain to make up an answer rather than to just be curious and ask. So, and that's it. If I'm able to, this is another part of emotional intelligence. If I'm able to notice that I have jumped to a conclusion and stop myself and get into curiosity rather than judgment, that's amazing. I will develop my empathy. Yeah. Because that's the first thing that stands in the way of my empathy is me having the right answer. And that's Mm -hmm. what judgment is all about. I have the right answer about you. I have the right opinion about you. I have the right opinion about the situation. So me being right, okay, which is very addictive. Yeah. <laughs> that's what stands in the way of my empathy. Yes, yes. Yeah, such an important point. I love it. That's such a good point. Um, so we we really just scratched the surface where we, we so we, we've been talking about emotional intelligence, a lot of things here, a lot of great things we covered. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners about this subject? I want to tell them that they shouldn't be scared. Okay, so if they notice that they do some of the things that we were discussing, okay, it's okay. You know, I was there one day, you know, uh, I was really low on emotional intelligence and I couldn't really connect with people's emotions. But that's okay. As long as we uh, acknowledge that this is how we're behaving and this is not how we want to behave, that's the first step. Mm. So just seek help. Go get a coach, get a mentor, seek help. And you can do it. You know, if I was able to work on myself, it means that everyone is able to work on themselves. It's just a matter of taking that decision and, you know, 
allowing yourself to try again and again and again. Because don't think that there's a magic button that, you know, you're going to press and then, okay, I'm going to become emotionally intelligent. No, it's a very long journey. It's tedious. It takes a lot of hard work and awareness, but you can get there. And it's really, really very rewarding once you do. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, I've seen very uh, successful businesses being run by highly emotionally intelligent leaders. And I think, you know, leaders, if you're listening in, you're like, oh, man, this is <laughs> this is really resonating. I really highly encourage you to dig into the subject a lot more. And uh, Nadine is a perfect resource for that. Um, I was going to okay. say, Nadine, how can listeners find out more about you, uh, your podcast and the services that you offer? They can go to my website, which is simply nadinezainun.com. And you're probably going to put the link there. Yeah. And you know what? I would, uh, I would love to offer your listeners a free coaching session. So hmm. if anything that we said resonated with them and they felt that, oh my God, I need to work on this, I would love to offer them a free 45-minute coaching session to work on that particular subject. So, and the way they can do that, if they go to my, uh, to my website, there's a book in a call. Just go there and book in a call. Uh, with me and I'd love uh, to support them. And I'm also on social media. So whether uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, so they can find me there under Coach Nadine Zeno. This is fantastic. And again, listeners, I, you just heard it again, another free resource that we offer here on Deep Leadership. Nadine is willing to, if, you're, if this is resonating with you and you say, wow, I need to start this process. I need to think about it. She's offering you a free session. Uh, to sit down with her and dig into this a little bit further. So again, this uh, this this podcast, we give you a lot of different things to think about in leadership. We give you a taste of something that maybe that you haven't heard before, or maybe you didn't dive into a, uh, a lot of detail in emotional intelligence before. Now you've heard about it. Maybe it's resonating with you. This is a chance to link up in the show notes. There's a link there uh, and connect with her, connect with Nadine and find out like, hey, how can I, uh, apply this in my life? How can I become a better leader using this emotional intelligence uh, tool uh, to unleash really your team and the, the positive emotions inside your team? So I highly encourage you to click on the links below and connect with Nadine. She's going to help you out and help you understand this subject a lot more. Uh, Nadine, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I learned a lot. I enjoy talking with you. And I know our listeners are going to enjoy this and, and I know they're going to they're going to connect with you as well to, to find out more. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, John. And thank you for your input and all your beautiful questions, because that's what really highlighted the essence of emotional intelligence. <laughs> Absolutely. It's that curiosity, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's just it. No, that's just it.
My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home on this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. 